one of the many who still seem to think that a communications department is for festive speeches alone. Unfortunately, there's still quite a few of you out there. Fortunately, there are a couple of companies, major international companies, who've managed to understand that their communications department is in fact the most important strategic device they have. The woman we're about to meet has been at the core of no less than two such companies and two such processes, and it's a delight to invite her here to the studio today. Gri Rode Nordhus, thank you very much for being here. Great being here. Thank you very much, Shanna. Great to have you here. Uh, Gri has a phenomenal pedigree within communication, and we're going to get back to your career a little bit, but right now you are the head of the communications for the Telenor Group. So the Telenor is, of course, a very international telecom uh, company still. Uh, where are you in the world positioning right now? What number are you? Uh, well, we are one of the big companies in the world. Uh, we have presence in Asia, in, in four countries in Asia. Uh, and we also are present in the Nordics. So we are among the biggest um, telecom companies in the world. Gri. Taking you back through your like uh, to, to where it all started for you, as we are trying to define the the career that became your communication career in a way. Um, what made you go in the direction of communication in the first place? Well, actually, it was based on the coincidence, uh, which sounds uh, quite strange, maybe. But uh, my background is within business and economics. And I was working in IBM within marketing. And then the head of uh, communications was going on the maternity leave. And I was asked to take on that position. And I said, well, I, I don't know much about communications in general, but more about marketing. But they said, well, we'll teach you everything you need to know because we think that this would be good for you <laughs> and, and it was a great experience and also I realized how important good strategic communication is for a company to be able to position it as you would like it to be positioned yes so since then I've continued in that area yeah it's interesting we were discussing in another episode the the idea of talent and talent development and the one word that always comes up is the word passion so you're saying your passion was kind of born from actually being able to learn what communication was. Definitely. Uh, and by being taught by other really good communicators. Aha. Uh -huh. So that's an interesting place to start. If we go into what it is that you find so important, um, why is a communication department as important as it obviously is in a corporate context? Well, I think... Um, Most or hopefully all companies do have a business strategy. They have a goal why they are in business. And in order to achieve that goal, you need to be able to communicate internally mm -hmm. so that people understand why we are in business. But you also need to be able to communicate really clearly to your stakeholders. So in that sense, the communications department can help you to create that clarity and also help to make sure that you are able to communicate in the way that you would like to be communicating. Mm. So that's, that's sort of the background and the basis for all communications. But I do know from some years back, uh, we won't mention the company, but I know that that uh, in the beginning people didn't use you in uh, at the level where you're now talking. People would like come to you and ask for What was it, like a gift wrapping with a logo on it? <laughs> yeah, they call the department the logo police. <laughs> and I think that's because very often when you work with the communications, people come to you and ask you, can you help me to do this uh, activity? You might yeah. want to uh, create an event or you want to send out a press release or do something specifically based on an activity. 
But I've, at least for from a communications perspective, uh, if you are able to rather think about what is it that you would like to achieve mm. and be that advisor that can help uh, the management or middle management to think about how can you use communications to achieve that goal, mm. then you become interesting, you become relevant to the managers and you're also able to reach out to the target groups in a better way. So that's like saying, uh, instead of like going to my communications department and saying, do this for me, I shall go to the communications department and I shall say, uh, I have a desire to create this outcome. How can we do it? Is that what you're saying? Yes, definitely. But sometimes um, the managers don't understand that that is uh, the role of a communications department. So yeah. you have to earn that trust as a communicator as well. And in order to earn that trust, you need to understand the business because that's what you're all, all there to to help, to help the business goal to be achieved. Yeah. Uh, and in order to be relevant in that sense, you need to understand the business, you need to earn that trust among the managers, and then you can ask the right questions and you can help the communications to be Efficient. What I love about what you're saying is the activity. You're saying the responsibility for earning that trust lies with the communications department and not with everyone else understanding you. But you, So there's a responsibility in there to actually also communicate who you are. Exactly. And yeah. be able to ask the right questions. Uh, because when you're asking the right questions, you have reflections from the, the counterparts in a way. Yes. Uh, and even if you're able to ask those questions in a good way, you will probably be able to also earn the trust. But you need to invest time and, and also effort into getting insight into the business, understanding what is driving this manager, what is the need of the company, what are the goals, so that we can achieve uh, the business goals together with the managers. Oh, this is super interesting. And it's also, it reminds me, there's an echo towards any HR department. They, in a way, need to do the same, don't they? It's like interpreting the organization that they're in and understanding what's needed. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, If we go to, to, because of course, we've got to get into topics like change and and change management and and crises even. And uh, we were just saying now before the podcast that it's like because of everything going on right now, so many people out there have forgotten about the pandemic. I know that in some countries it's still very much not forgotten. But if we, if we, if I take you back just a couple of years in time, and you were still in Talanor, of course, you were you were the head of communications back then as well. What are your main learnings from the period of time that we've been through? Well, I think it's mainly two things that I would like to highlight. Uh, first of all, um, I think it's extremely interesting to see how adaptable we are. Because in the, just after a couple of uh, days, weeks, we were able to work in a completely different way. And all of a sudden that seemed to be the new normal. Mm. So that was the one thing that I was really impressed about people being able to adapt and also able to overcome big challenges and even overcome um, challenges related to personal needs Mm. because we were not able to talk to people physically. Uh, That was a need that we were not able to fulfill. And then I think that was really interesting to see how we were able to adapt. And secondly, I think we also learned how important it is to be able to be together with people. Humans need humans. Yes, uh, And also in that regard, we were able to communicate in a different way, but still uh, the value of being together with other people. I think we all have seen the importance of that after the COVID. Yeah, this the, the idea of what actually disappears once you're on teams, 
It's very fascinating. What, what is it that goes away? And, and why is it such a lacking way for us to, uh, to uh, be together? Yeah. And what happens when we're in a room together? Exactly. Mm. Uh, what we did talk a lot about uh, at our organization was the need for caring and concerning <laughs> uh, when it comes to the employees. Because when you're not able to see people every day, uh, you would see them on teams, but you wouldn't see them physically. Mm. You needed to show care and concern. Mm. So we had a lot of focus on that from a management perspective that we should really call people, have regular meetings with them, even though we didn't have a specific agenda, but just to show that we were really caring. And I think in some way that also helped us to to learn to know each other in a different way. Mm -hmm. So some good things came out of it, but uh, I think uh, looking at it in hindsight, it's important to be together. I think we all appreciate that. So it's interesting as we as we go to this phrase communication intelligence. What you're saying is that Telenor, the corporation that it is, saw it as communication intelligence to actually apply empathy, caring, warmth, um, uh, and to actually have people work systematically to achieve that. Absolutely, but it needs to be genuine. It couldn't be yeah. something that you just <laughs> let's be caring and concerning now. So it really, really needs to be honest and true. But, but yeah. I think uh, having focus on it also helps people to to really uh, care. Yes, I think I heard that from doctors once. You know, if they try to be too empathic, if they go hi, how are you? You know, it, it turns completely the other way. Mm. How did you go about it? Well, I think uh, all managers did it in their own way. So it was certainly a lot of different ways of doing it. But uh, what we introduced at that point was reflection hours. So we met and just reflected and had meetings with Friday coffees on Teams, of course. But uh, and we also had meetings where we could walk in the park with a distance, of course. Mm. Uh, and we had uh, breakfast uh, in the morning that was served you from uh, on, on the door. A lot of things that just you don't do normally, but that shows that you, you, you see your employees and you care about them. I'm just getting this reflection that it's a sense that in during the pandemic, we managed to take care of each other because everyone understood that we were in a kind of crisis. And now post pandemic, a lot of us actually, actually do have issues that we that we struggle with after the pandemic but now it's like come on just get on with it we're back to work <laughs> in a way um and strategically communication like from a communications department point of view you had some big changes going on didn't you in our in that time yeah, yeah. definitely and uh, we also had a big crisis at that time we had a um, um, really difficult situation in Myanmar which came on top of the covid situation yeah. yeah so that was a quite tough uh, thing to deal with uh, on top of covid it's interesting now because i I came back to the corridors of Siemens just a few years back, even now to start talking about big data. Do you remember? Yeah. And like like making them communicate in that direction. And of course, now that this was maybe 2017, now they're saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sustainability. Of course, we talk about that all the time. And all the KPIs are, you know, now everything mm-hmm. is like, um, it's interesting how much more important, of course, in a sad way that has become over the years. Mm. Taking you back to the, the like the communication skills that are needed in the future, we established that it's more central. It's going to be more central to uh, to um, to uh, 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 like the execution of business, and we established that you need to have consistency in a way across different. Uh, is there something we've forgotten? 
Yeah, also the business angle. Yes. Yeah. So really not only uh, starting with the business goals, but also understanding the business of the company that you're working with. Yeah. That's we can uh, We can reveal to our <laughs> listeners right now that you are an economist, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe this is our advice for all future communication geeks out there. Do some, like, do the learning. Yeah. Understand the language. Understand what's actually going on from a business point of view. That I think that's my, excellent That advice. would be my advice, yes. So, so yes, yeah, so we are trying together to explore this phenomenon, communication intelligence. And uh, um, we've kind of made it our credo in Ergo What does it mean to you if you're allowed to interpret it freely? Well, uh, when you heard, when I first heard this expression, I was thinking about intelligence in terms of data and facts and insight. Mm. Uh, because if you're going to be intelligent in your communications, you need to be able to understand where am I standing before you can decide on where to go. And finding that fact and understanding the situation, understanding your competitors, your customers, everyone. Uh, I think that is is vital. So that's my first thinking is that start by by understanding that methodology. This is music to our ears. The The idea that it starts with logic and facts and you need to get your facts and logic right in order to build anything exactly. that's going to work. Exactly. That that is, uh, that is a brilliant place to start. Yep, kind of without that, you're nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then everything else becomes trying to mend whatever it is that's not working. Mm. Okay. So, oh my God, are we going to try to sum up this? Yeah. What have we talked about? Um, would you like to go first? Well, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about uh, the importance of having a clear goal. Mm. Uh, and if you're going to communicate, you need to, to base the communications on the business goals. Uh, and also we need to involve your managers and employees in, in being able to communicate that in a clear direction. Uh, and we also talked about the importance of empathy and uh, also the importance of being more than just a corporate head in a way. You need to be a person. People like to, like to talk to people. And uh, if I shoot something in right there, we, we, we talked about that also in terms of crisis. Exactly. In, in times of crisis, maybe more that more so than... Even more so. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. Yep. Keep going. Oh, no, it's your turn. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> and we did talk about the, the importance of consistency across fields of communication, like social media, and the importance of, of training leaders to be have autonomy now, I think, in more so than, than even just five or ten years ago, because there's so much more communication going on. And we talked about integration, the importance of having the same uh, message in different channels, integration and alignment of, of those messages. Yes. I remember now, there's a, there's a story, I want to take us to the green communication again, and the, the, the sustainability issue, um, because there was this amazing story, In it wasn't just Siemens alone, I know, but going back to that time, there was something about the electric car ferries. Yes. Take me there. Okay. What's the story? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I had been working for Siemens in Australia, and I came back to Norway and it turned out that they had been able to get the first contract in the world for uh, having an electric ferry, which was quite impressive. Uh, and I asked the engineers uh, how many other uh, contracts was in pipeline. And they said that there was <laughs> no one because <laughs> <laughs> this was a pilot. Uh, and then we started to talk a little bit about how could we sort of change the whole market? How could 
could all the ferries in Norway become electric? Uh, and it turned out that uh, some of the NGOs in Norway had been working on this for a while. Uh, but what we needed was facts and insight. So the engineers at Siemens, they started to to calculate how much uh, would it cost to change all the ferries into electric ferries and how long would it take to get the money back and how much CO2 would you save? Uh, and this uh, was developed into a report which was done together with Bologna and that was launched at Arndals UCA and a lot of communications around it, integrated communications in all the different channels involving politicians that were going to have new concessions for ferries. And after half a year communicating the opportunities, because there was a huge opportunity of, of doing this and it was a really good case from a business perspective, it turned out that um, the government in Norway changed the rules for concessions, saying that all ferries in Norway that could be electrified should be electrified. Wow. And that's happening right now. And Siemens also built a, a battery factory up in Trondheim to support all these uh, new contracts that was coming up. It's an extraordinary story. To to add to that, to tail it, the the uh, what we did in our end when we were training those leaders in communication skills, we were talking a lot about how Siemens could then tell their outside world here from Norway that they were indeed engaged in the green issues, right? Yeah. And um, you know, you can kind of you can kind of show people the the nice slide sets of like whatever whatever demography or whatever's happening on the planet, but instead of that. One guy came up with the idea to just show the car ferry. And then before his presentation started, he would say, so listen, before I, I introduce myself and everything, I just have to tell you what we're part of developing here in Siemens at the moment. Mm. Have a look at this. Yeah. So he started his whole presentation with this little sunshine story of the car ferry being developed. And of course, it's like show, don't tell, isn't it? Yeah. Suddenly you're just showing that you're in the middle of it, as opposed to saying, we like to think of ourselves as green. Yeah. Are you ready? I think we're getting to the uh, to our regular little item in the uh, the podcast agenda. We would like you. You have a hat in front of you. It's yes, a funny I old do. winter hat, actually. Ooh, this is scary. <laughs> and we've got like ten selected questions for you, and you are only to pick two or three. We'll see how much time we get. How quick your answers are. Let me see. What does it Question say? Question number one. Drum roll. What is the main thing people in your business do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and go. Okay. I think we actually already touched upon that. Ooh, because, we have, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, because I think a lot of people start with the activity. Mm. They start by thinking that I need to do this activity. I need to do an event. I need to do an advertisement. A I thing. need to do something. But we should rather start by thinking, what is it that we would like to achieve? How can we achieve that? It might be an event. It might be something completely different. But we need to think about it. And most likely, it will be an integrated effort when you use a lot of the different channels available. Amen. So do the why before you do the what. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. This is very quick. We're going to have time for three. Do one more. <laughs> okay. Let's see. <laughs> Let's all see. Oh, that's a long one. Uh, what is the best advice you would give yourself 20 years ago? Wow. That's an interesting question. Well, uh, I was actually, when I was, uh, it's probably 20 years ago, uh, I was at a management course at IBM mm. uh, and uh, they were observing us for a week uh, and I was given an advice from one of the coaches after a week and he said, 
slow down and you will get there faster. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was an excellent advice, which I have struggled with since trying to, to, to follow. But also I would have given myself another advice. Look to Nelson Mandela, because I think he is in an fantastic communicator and because he's visionary he was able to create the clear goal he was able to get people along to understand and and believe in his goal uh, and he was also able to listen and show empathy all the things you need in order to be a good communicator so i think nelson mandela and slowing down to get there faster would be my, my <laughs> when advice. in doubt look to nelson mandela i think that's stellar <laughs> advice that's brilliant yeah. he was uh, more than 70 years when he came oh, out of God. prison and yeah. he achieved amazing things after that yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. age is not the hinder Age is not the hindrance. No. That's good advice. Hmm. That's, that's giving you advice 20 years forward in time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's brilliant. I think we have time for one more. Okay, let's see. Um, this is also a pretty long one. What did you do? Like, when did you do the really wrong way of communications? Well, when? It's probably lots of things I've done wrong. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, let's see. Uh, maybe I can give one example from when my kids were small. Uh, I had been traveling for a week and I came home. I was a bit tired. Uh, and when I entered into my hallway, uh, my husband and my three kids had left their shoes, their jackets, oh, their oh, bags, everything. It yep. looks, looked like a mess. And I think the way I communicated at that point in time would probably be uh, something I would not recommend to my colleagues. <laughs> because there was no clear goal of what I tried to say, no clear message. <laughs> and uh, also, I think the, the target group seemed to be thinking that it was quite irrelevant what I was saying. So they did not pick up on the, on the call to action. <laughs> but I got a really high score on energy and, and not empathy, but maybe at least emotions passion there passion. was passion i'm Lots sure there passion. was passion isn't it funny how those things end up in uh, uh making you think about if i only could be as wise as i am at work sometimes <laughs> yeah. yeah so as part of wrapping up we are going to do what we always do with our clients which is kind of uh, when we use our famous communication code and um, the idea of preparing for performance we've done that together haven't we now we have performed together now of course the final thing to do is to reflect and suck the juice and learn from what we've been through so if we're going to give ourselves some feedback today yeah that's very interesting step and six of the code yeah and why is feedback important in yeah. a way yes so we need to really learn from the things we do and, and try always to improve even though we might be quite satisfied there's always uh, possibilities and opportunities to improve so, uh, well, what I think is uh, feedback to you, you have a lot of positive energy. <laughs> <laughs> and you also are able to listen. Even though we're good at asking questions, you have a really good way of asking questions. This is a very sly way of making the, the program host feel very good about herself. So thank you very much for going there. <laughs> I can return it to you straight away. And the art of compliments is so undervalued, isn't it, in, mm. the, in the world of corporations? We actually apparently grow more from them than we do from corrections, which is very interesting. Yeah. The idea of feedback and feedback culture is something that I wish we could talk longer about. It's a very interesting one. Mm. Um, 
What kind of feedback culture would you say is in Telenor Group, in the Telenor Group? Well, uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, I think it varies uh, and it's often easier to give positive feedback than uh, negative feedback, I would mm. say, uh, which is often the case in, in different organizations. But what we have, at least in, in my department, is that we have a feedback and reflection uh, 20 minutes every Friday uh, where we sit and we just reflect upon the week. We talk to each other and we try not only to say positive things but mm. also trying to be constructive which is a bit harder on a Friday afternoon but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but at least we're doing it and I, I think that is also to try to create that atmosphere of it's okay to to talk to each other we need to just be open we, we shouldn't always be Uh, just talking about uh, what's going well, but also try to understand how can we improve and how can we become even better together as a team. So important. So if we try to do this with ourselves, yeah. is there anything we could have done more of, less of or differently? Certainly. Uh, we could have reflected more upon how communications is perceived out there by managers. Oh, that's a good one. This means we're getting you back, right? Second episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>